I'm Rashma Sajani, the founder and CEO of Girls Who Code. Welcome to Brave, Not Perfect. On this podcast, I talk with up and coming change makers who are leaving their fear of failure behind and letting bravery lead the way. You'll hear from incredible people who are using their skills and talents to make a difference in their community. And I'll ask them about the moments where they decided to be brave, not perfect. I am so excited to speak to Haven Coleman. She is a 12-year-old climate leader from Colorado. She is determined to make sure that our world is preserved for later generations. She is so amazing. She's been using her voice in her community to take action on climate change and renewable energy. My name is Haven Coleman, and I am a climate activist. So what does it mean to you to be an activist? Why is it important, you know? Why do you spend your life fighting for climate change? Climate change is going to be hurting us really hard. It's hurting us right now, even. And the people who are in charge are probably not all going to live to see the worst consequences of climate change. My generation is the ones that are going to have to try to fix this, even though we didn't cause it. We just need to fix this now because we are the last generation. So I heard that the endangerment of sloths, which is your favorite animal, is what ignited your passion. Like, tell me about that. So I had this really cool social studies teacher in fifth grade. So (laughs) (laughs) he was really political. And so every day he would do a different slideshow about something else that's happening in the world. And then he talked about deforestation a little bit. And I was like, deforestation? What? And so I looked more into it and I found out that my favorite animal, the sloth, was being hurt by it. And so I was like, I need to fix this. I went to several camps. And I was like, can I do a platform on trying to stop deforestation? And they said no, because that's happening in a different continent. My mom helped me look into it even more. And we found out that climate change is a part of why it's happening. And then I was like, what's climate change? And so, and then I, we looked into more of that. And then we um, found the Climate Reality Project. And then we went to it. And then I just rocketed off from there. I love it. You sound like you're incredibly like curious. You always been that way? Yeah, I've always been like, how can you do this? What's that supposed to do? I just like figuring out what's different ways of having, what can you do? It's always just been a big part of me where I just feel curious. Curious and I feel like you have a lot of compassion. I did my, I launched my first March when I was like 12 or 13 and I think it was just such an eye-opening for me because I was like, I'd never created something before. I'd never organized people to do something. And being moved by your passion, I think, is so important. So, you know, we have a president right now that doesn't even believe that climate change exists. How do you think that we can kind of address the cause of the problem? So, yes, we have a president in the White House that doesn't believe in things that he should, uh, that he should be believing in. (laughs) But um, we can make changes in our local governments because if we have like all the little states saying, hey, we're already doing the Paris Agreement, we agree with it, we're like all 100% renewable, we can like, hey, this state's 100% renewable, the whole country is 100% renewable, except 
the president doesn't agree with it, but we do still have the power to make our tiny communities more efficient and we can affect local governments even though we can't change the minds of the big higher up governments. I feel the same way like at Girls Who Code we've been doing a lot of work with states even though you know we don't have the same amount of like commitment from the administration. How did we get here? What do you think got us to this point in terms of the things that we've done to our environment? We knew that this was going to happen like before we had the technology to do anything, but we didn't stop there. So I think it was like 1970s was when they first started noticing it. But then they were like, okay, it's not a problem. It'll be for, we'll fix it in other times. But we never ended up fixing it, even though that we do have the technology now. And yeah, we have to start fixing it now since we people didn't fix it back then. Yeah, I feel like they like just passed the buck. As you've been an activist on this issue, what are the things that have worked? Like what are the approaches or tactics that you've taken that you feel like have been effective in combating these issues? I recently was a lead organizer of Zero Hour Denver Rally and Lobby Day, and there wasn't as many people as I hoped, but we still got to a lot of people. So you can do like things like that. And also... When I go to my local people, my local government, most of them don't believe what I believe, but or believe in climate change. And so even though I, it's usually in a big crowd of people, so I might not get to them particularly, but I'll get to somebody in the crowd, especially if, if somebody's filming it, and then it'll get to more people. And so it's like never giving up, but... How do you feel like you engage a public? You keep saying, right, it's like people don't believe what we're saying or what you're saying. And so how do you engage people who don't think what you're saying is true? So you sort of have to think about, you have to twist it. When I talk to my representative down in Colorado Springs, he doesn't believe in climate change, but he's really for like helping veterans and the military. So I try to figure out how I can send my speech to something that sort of revolves around that so I can get through to him so he's not just listening to me just throwing facts about climate change alone, but how, how like, I talked about how renewable energy helps veterans because it's a job that they can take. Yeah, that's smart. It's like try to figure out where the connection or the commonality is and speak to that point. So Haven, what was it like meeting Al Gore? The first time I met him was at Climate Reality Project. And um, (laughs) so only the kids were allowed to see him, which was only like 15 to 20 people, kids. So we got to go and I was like, hi, shook his hand. And then we took a picture with him. And then after I talked to my representative, he sort of talked about me and different things, which was cool. (laughs) And then I got to talk to him again at Teen Vogue, which was very exciting. I learned that we were we are both Aries's. Aries's? <laughs> oh, yeah, he told me on stage. When he hugged me, he said, you go, girl, on stage. <laughs> was that like one of your favorite moments in life? Yeah, because he's like, you go, girl. <laughs> it's very funny. Yeah, it's fun when you like meet your hero. 
and they're like as cool as you want them to be. Yeah. Haven, when you're not trying to save the world, what are you doing on your spare time? Bike riding. (laughs) Bike riding. Hanging out with my friends, eating ice cream with my friends. (laughs) Yes, today's ice cream sandwich day, which I'm really excited about. I did not know that. Yes, so you have to go get an ice cream sandwich. I plan on getting one. Same. Now I'm like, ice cream sandwiches. (laughs) And right now you can't stop thinking about ice cream sandwiches. (laughs) You know, we're living this amazing moment. I know you were active on the Colorado's March for Our Lives where you see these young people like you just leading our country at a time where we're just really lacking leadership from adults. What are ways that like young people who are listening right now, like how can they make a difference? The kids my age, they're not like as into it. Like they'll say, yeah, I'll go to marches. I'll sit down. Sometimes it's harder to actually show up to events when you're (laughs) young like me. But you can go out and when you actually speak up to the elected officials in your community, they sort of start listening to you more than adults because they usually like you can watch them like doodling on their paper or pretending to listen when adults speak because they're like, okay, it's another adult. Mm-hmm. But when a kid speaks up, they're like, whoa, it's a kid. <laughs> oh my gosh, this must be important because the youth are coming into this and we need to be like, what? And so they listen more intently to you and also when you speak up to your elected officials most likely somebody is filming because one you're a kid and you're schooling the elected officials (laughs) (laughs) so it might go viral because you're a kid and and so it'll reach even more people by just having somebody film it So you just got to show up to events. What do your girlfriends think or your friends think about what you're doing? Are they like, hey, that's cool. I want to come with you. Are they like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Like, what do they say? They all are like, yeah, that's wonderful. Yay. And they're really excited and stuff. It's just hard because they say, yeah, like, okay, I'll try to go to this event. Might not. And then they don't show up. And so they're really, they are so for it. But it's not like they, they're like, oh, yeah, I totally agree with that. But they don't get they don't get as involved as I do. But they're still super cool about all this. It's so great to have like a friends who are like lifting you up and who support you. So I have to ask, how are the slots doing? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> you don't know. I've been focused on so many other things that I'm like, (laughs) I'll have a calendar of slots in my bedroom and I'm like, I hope I'm saving you guys. Uh, You can't do everything, right? Somewhere you got to like put your, lift your focus. So tell me, do you think you're a perfectionist? I try to be, but then it's also sort of hard because, uh, (laughs) so I'm dyslexic and I have dysgraphia and dyscalculia. So I sometimes I get tri- tripped up on words and just getting things done. But I try my hardest to not be perfect, get in between perfect, get somewhere where I feel confident about myself. But it's not like sometimes perfect isn't always the best way to go because it doesn't seem sometimes you got to go with something that you feel like you're more confident about 
Yeah, I couldn't. I'm like writing a book about it right now about the fact that we need to unlearn perfection. I was a total perfectionist, and it didn't make me happy. And and thank you for sharing about your dyslexia. And I think it's just so brave and courageous that you do all of this public speaking and you get on the mic and you know what I mean. You challenge adults about your passion, and you are incredibly confident. And I love it. Um, and I love that it's a journey for you. You know, as you've continued on your journey of activism, is do you feel like this is what you want to do when you get older? So I've always wanted to get into a job that involves um, uh, STEAM or technology. Like since second grade, I've wanted to go to either Pixar or Google because okay. engineering is such is super cool. Like right now, I'm trying to figure out a way to make sound into energy. <laughs> It just seems cool. So are you a coder? Do you know how to code? I've been trying to learn how to code. My school has a uh, STEAM class that you can take. They Uh got it like a couple years ago. It's super cool. Do you feel like you see like the connection between coding and like your activism and how it could help you be, you know, a stronger climate change activist? Yeah, um, because if you think about it, every, like, solar panels and wind turbines and hydropower and any, the renewable energy, it's, um, somebody had to program it, decode it, to make it, and so being able to make stuff, like, making sound energy, that would, like, be a whole new renewable, so... Being a coder or (laughs) being an engineer can totally help with climate change. And I hope that I can be a great engineer someday. Haven, congratulations. You're such a role model for me, for so many young women. And like, I just think it's awesome that you're doing what you're doing. And speaking from one middle school activist to another, like this is going to be a part of your life for the rest of your life. Uh, Once you start kind of working to help other people like you never want to stop so thank you for having so much humanity and compassion and we're rooting you on thank you wow haven was so funny and so sweet and and so powerful to be 12 years old and taking the stage with al gore and to be speaking to elected officials and to be so kind of committed to your principles on climate change it was just she's my role model and it was amazing to talk to her thank you for joining me for another episode of brave not perfect got a question for me send us a note at brave not perfect podcast at gmail.com or call in directly via the anchor app on your phone until next time this has been an episode of brave not perfect with me reshma sajani